Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of The Stuff Meeting, where Hello. we talk about... All the stuff. That's the... <laughs> exactly. I thought, that's what, I thought you, I could feel you laying that one up for me, Ben. Um, we've called this meeting, Dean, to discuss stuff. All the St- stuff. Stuff in the news this week, uh, stuff we've changed our mind on, stuff we want to change in the future. And we will normally have a, a guest with us to find out a bit about their life and how the stuff affects them, affects their workplace, what they get up to. Uh, and we will uh, learn from their experience because we don't know anything. Very little things. That's the thing, though, isn't it, about the stuff? All the stuff affects everybody's stuff. So it's always good to know in what way does this stuff affect your stuff? That's the idea, isn't it? I think. I agree. Yeah, and uh, we realise a place where this happens, a honest conversation doesn't happen very easily anymore because of the kind of tribal uh, sides to each argument that there is now. You're either, all the bigots, all the bigots <laughs> do it, don't they? Yeah, you're either um, evil bigot, yeah, or yeah. you're a really nice person and there's no in-between. So don't you dare disagree with me you animal and i think over this last week we've probably seen good examples of that how we've forgotten how to disagree as uh oh this week as a this week's probably been the worst week in i can remember in terms of kind of bad communication mm. and um like popularly speaking like on the news or on the internet Pretty, and it's been pretty scary. I've, I have struggled with it, actually. I found it pretty scary at times. But it, I, I'm over the top, so I would get scared with my Ben. I think, I think it's, we're right to be a bit concerned. Um, it seems we've forgotten how to communicate sanely with one another. Anyway, this isn't just a moan, is it, Dean? We're here to, uh, to learn as well. We um, are. I don't think we'll learn much this episode because it's just us two. But... That's exactly right. Uh, we'll start in our podcast. What are we starting with, Dean? Starting the so, book. we thought a fun thing to start um, the podcast with would be, in the context of what you've just mentioned about honest conversations, uh, some form of kind of admission or discussion of how you've got something wrong in the past. So, oh, yes. maybe stuff that you've changed your mind on. So, uh, I think lots of the time, and I found this especially more recently, or it's been a lot more obvious, I think, more recently, that sometimes if, say, politicians or people in the news, or anyone really, but you, you notice it, especially in the news, make a mistake, it's impossible for someone to say, oh, we shouldn't have done that, or that was a mistake, maybe we should have done something different. Um, and I feel like I struggle to do that in, uh, in life as well, because people always want to be right, and, you know, it's always a bit embarrassing and awkward to say you've got something wrong, but if you're going to have an honest conversation about things, and you're going to hopefully change things for the better you've got to be open about what you've got wrong in the past so with that in mind thought would be a good thing to start with is for us today but whoever else might join us in the future to just discuss a little bit about what they have got wrong or think they've got wrong in the past or what they've changed their mind on so with that introduction ben Mm. if there's one thing uh a topic or a discussion or an argument um or an idea that you have changed your mind on, either recently or any time in the past? Uh, I'm sure there are many, but let's just have one, if that's there all right, are please, a lot. Ben. There are a lot. Not, su- not surprised. 
I'm also aware of each episode trying to think of a new one. So I'm going to start with, um, I haven't completely changed my mind on it, but I, something I learned about which changed my view of something. An example, let's say, um, the minimum wage. So okay, I think the message is minimum, minimum wage is a good thing, only a good thing to help people. That's what I thought. I don't think it's a bad thing now, but I see that it doesn't only have positive effects. And I think the simplest example of that is that it increases or the introduction of it increased unemployment um, in the businesses now can't afford the low rate workers. And so deal with having fewer staff to do the same amount of job um, because they can't afford the lower pay workers. And this kind of has then grown the problem that we have with not being able to get jobs or experience without experience because you haven't got any experience because you haven't been able to enter into a job at a low level even if that's um a, a, you know a low skilled job okay so so, uh, so originally the yep. minimum wage was only a good thing so if you say because i think oh, i'm just trying to think of a good like the, the example i often hear is in america they talk about raising the minimum wage to 15 dollars an hour so originally, and you tell me if um, if I put this wrong, you'd have thought that's only a good thing. There's no negative consequences mm. of introducing yeah. a fifteen dollar an hour minimum wage. But why now, would, yeah, why would we not increase the amount of money people get? And the main, and if I say, well, why not? The main thing is it, businesses can't necessarily afford to do that. Was that right, or have I miss? Yeah, yeah, I think that's what, uh, in a nutshell, what I would say. If I was so, but you did say that you. You don't think it's a bad thing, the minimum wage? I feel like... Where would the balance come, maybe? Exactly. Great question. Thanks, I don't. Ben. I don't know. <laughs> but I think part of my frustration with it is that it's not something that's ever discussed. We never, it's hard to find the pros and cons of these sort of things that are kind of political footballs, things that people need to sound confident about and offer in order to convince people. And... For the majority of people, if you say you're going to raise the minimum wage, that's a very nice thing for a lot of people to hear. Mm. Um, so I don't know how you balance it from preventing people from being exploited for their time and what they do to providing people with uh, businesses with opportunities to improve and grow mm. um, and giving people experiences that would help them later in their life. Yeah. I don't it's know difficult. the balance. Yeah, no, it's difficult, isn't it? There is, because if you said, oh, I don't think the minimum wage is a good idea, it sounds like one of those. It sounds like a free school meals argument, doesn't it? Mm. You don't want to give kids free school meals. It's like, well, it's not that I want kids to go hungry. It would be more, you know, how useful is the policy in in and of itself compared to kind of the alternatives. Um, and maybe it's a similar thing with the minimum wage. If you say, I don't think that's a good idea, and you might have some really good reasons, maybe, or arguments in terms of if businesses can afford it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you. It's hard to get a balance on it. I think it, it's interesting. I can't remember who I've, I've ripped this off now. But if you're going to charge people, if you're going to have to pay $15 an hour per worker, that worker has to obviously provide $15 for the company back. Um, mm. Otherwise, it just can't um, survive, can it? And then 
people are worse off than before. But if you frame that as, oh, the minimum wage isn't a good thing, it doesn't sound very nice, Ben. That sounds horrible, doesn't it? And that's what this place is for, Dean. You can bring up things that don't sound nice in order to learn about them rather than be scared of talking about it. So um, what have you changed your mind on, Dean? Give me something you've changed your mind on. Well, I've deliberately not mentioned this. I don't know to, to you before, and I don't know if I've mentioned it to anyone, but it's a bit out of left field. I think I've changed my mind on um, smacking children in terms of kind of parenting. So um, it's something that I'd only recently kind of clocked. I've, I, I think I've definitely changed my perspective on. I think before I used to think that it wasn't, it was bad, but like in certain circumstances, if a parent like really kind of, um, you know, what was was really kind of over the top in kind of physically chastising a child but it wasn't kind of as bad as people would say um, and I think now I've come full circle into thinking I think it's bad in pretty much any circumstance apart from I think if it's like a maybe like a little slap on the wrist if a child is too young to understand words um, I'm just kind of realizing that my mind has changed quite a bit on I don't think you can physically chastise a child well without either modeling some form of violence or a lack of control and i think mm. that's usually what you want to chastise children for um i've been thinking so i've been thinking about it a lot in terms of uh yeah just general parenting really i don't know why it came to my mind this week but i think that's something i've changed my mind on then wow i was gonna say dude i was a little bit worried when he started that it was gonna be the <laughs> other way around i was gonna have to ask some tricky questions oh as in like i now think it's absolutely fine and everybody <laughs> should do it <laughs> So, uh, if I've understood you, Dean, you're saying you used to think there were situations that it probably was okay, and you now think are uh, beginning to think it looks like there's not really any situation that. Yeah, I think I think that's a good way. Of it. I think the window within which I was comfortable with it before has definitely got smaller. I don't know what the yeah. phrase is, but I think yeah, my comfortability with it has gone downwards. It's decreased, cool. Ben. Nice. Yeah. Well, well done for admitting that, Dean. It's hard to make a U-turn, but everyone does it. Uh, don't we just, Ben? That's the idea, isn't it? I'm going to get myself in trouble with these in a few weeks, I can tell. On to the news. Ooh, the stuff that's happening. The, yes, the stuff that's happening. I'll edit that. <laughs> On to the stuff that's happening. No, mate, I like the news. The news, it's the same, mate. It's all just, the, it's all, you know, all the same. So what, um, Ben, what's, uh, what's been happening? I mean, difficult to know where to start. We're going to be quite limited here, but mm. what's been happening this week? Yeah, so I'm not going to be able to do any of the stories just this, really. Um, well, the most importantly, uh, I read on the um, BBC News website, Dean, the headline reads as follows. Yeah, just you wait. Oh. Always a good start to discussions of uh, the news, I find. The headlines on the BBC website. Okay, the headline BBC News. Biggest news stories of the week. You're going to breathe a sigh of relief after this, mate. Human, <laughs> human foot in Gateshead Field turns out to be potato. Oh. <laughs> Don't you worry. A suspected human foot oh, wow. buried in a muddy field turned out to be a potato after a large-scale police search. <laughs> dog walker in Gateshead sent officers a photograph of what appeared to be a toe poking out of the soil. But, Did, uh, don't worry. Uh, so they, they saw the toe and then they just called the police? 
that seems to be what happened, yes. Because, of course, Dean, if you think you've seen a body in a field, you shouldn't touch it because then you're the one that did it. You might contaminate the evidence, might you? Yeah, so the police did praise the lady on her diligence. So we've got that. Can you imagine how awkward that conversation with him must have been? Like, she must have felt so awkward. Like, at first, she was being so nervous, and then they kind of picked the potatoes out. Oh. <laughs> I wonder and, if she kept it. <laughs> I wonder how they broke that to her. Thanks, but no cigar. <laughs> well, so that's the most important news story out of the way. Um, go on, oh, well, I'm, glad, I'm glad we've got that settled. I mean, mine, in comparison, is... Uh, it is ultimately a little bit more worrying, I think, than the lack of a human foot in a field. In it was at Gateshead. Mm. Um, I was well. The, the biggest, hmm, the news at the start of the week was the riots um, in the cap or at the capital in the United States. So that mm. kind of consumed a lot of the news feed, didn't it? Mm. Um, so Donald Trump reportedly inciting a riot. Um, and I say reportedly only because, and I think this is something that, you know, is worth discussing. I'm, I'm really struggling to find the videos that he's being quoted um, from online. So I think he, he basically said, let's go to the Capitol. People went and then they kind of stormed through um, just absolute fools. Um, and and I, think, I think the last count I saw, there were four um, citizens had died. Um, within and as a result of the riots and one police officer. Um, I think the, that might have changed since. So so very sad scenes from the mm, United States. That was, a, that was a big news story. Did you follow um, that, Ben? Yeah, and it was, as he said, a foolish, a unacceptable, absurd behaviour. It's not how we communicate ideas. Um, yeah. Not around here, anyway. Um, no. And... I think everyone agreed that the majority of people agreed that that was not a good thing and uh, was unhelpful. Mm. But I think the the response to it from kind of media is also questionable and easy to misunderstand. I think. In what, what way do you mean? Um, I mean, we've seen things like this over the last year or so happen a lot, um, but for the right cause. Uh, okay. And in those situations, violence is okay. It's, a, it's got to be done. It's the, it's the last resort. We've got to do it. It's got to be yeah. done in order to make change. Um, but if that is the opinion of these people who've stormed the Capitol building, it's not okay because we don't agree with the reason you're doing it. Um, seems to be the case. And it, I, yeah. like you mentioned, we've not been able to find specific things that is. Re- specific things are reported on yeah. and you try to find that specific thing that they've mentioned or quoted and it's very hard to do. Whereas I, in my opinion, news should be somewhere where if something's quoted, you can then go to look at that original source. No problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's messy, isn't it? Cause if, if I think this is kind of a big line in the sand really, isn't it? If he has, and, and some, from what I've said, I've not seen him. I've not seen the video or kind of the quote of him saying, go through the capital, you know, force your way past the police or anything like that. But if he has incited violence, then that is not, you know, that's not free speech inciting violence or calling people to, to perpetrate violence against other people. But if the reporting of it is very difficult to kind of 
wade through. It's hard, though, isn't it? Because I'm just thinking, obviously, there were riots um, last year, through the year, really, in terms of Black Lives Matter and all the rest of it. I didn't... I saw lots of kind of people quite relaxed in terms of the media of, you know, protests are uncomfortable if this is part of the, the process because we're angry about a particular subject. But I don't know if I saw kind of clear incitements to go and do this, go and burn a cop car, for instance. And I think that's the difficulty, isn't it? Where do we draw the line of what incitement to violence is? Because mm. violence means, you know, I've, I've lost count of the amount of times I've seen kind of, you know, silence is violence um, or kind of, it's very difficult to understand exactly what we mean when we say incitement to violence. I've got no problem at all with if if anybody, especially kind of someone with Donald Trump's platform, if anybody is telling other people to go and be violent or go and kind of rebel against the police physically, obviously that, that needs to be stopped in whatever yeah. the safest way we can stop it. But it just feels very, very difficult to kind of understand. The reporting of these incidents makes it very difficult to hold it, I guess, um, or see it through a clear lens, maybe, is, is yeah. the best way to put it. Yes, I think that's good. And obviously this led to Trump's suspension on Twitter. Um, oh, yeah. Do you, yeah. do you think that was the right call? Yes or no? Well, oh, yes or no. Um, yes or no, I don't know. Um, that's a good I've, middle ground. You know me. Um, I think... I'm really struggling to trust, based on last year's reporting of various things, that the media and the people saying Twitter, for example, I'm, I'm finding it very difficult to trust that Twitter are, when they say he's been inciting violence, that they are clearly and definitely interested in stopping all political violence based on the fact that they didn't do the same with other people. So, yeah. and I know this isn't, this isn't, it never justifies violence. And one of the things I've been quite frustrated with, especially kind of those who are right-leaning, I guess, um, on Twitter and people are following the media, is some people, oh, well, there's been loads of protests that Twitter didn't say anything about. So, yeah. you know, it, it happens. And even though I've, I've not seen people explicitly saying it's fine because other people have done it, there seems to be a lot of, oh, well, they're inconsistent. And they are, but that doesn't, you know, we have to call both out just yeah. as much. Yeah. I think the difficulty with it is, in terms of the, the Twitter suspension, especially, is that kind of goes beyond the um, the, the reporting in a sense. Because I, I mean, I remember when Kamala Harris was tweeting um, the link, the, the, the link to, to give money to um, pay the bail of people who'd been arrested during riots in the states last year. And if that can't be seen as an encouragement of rioting and violence. I'm, I'm really struggling to see how something I can't quite get to in terms of Donald Trump. Um, I'm struggling to see how you can ban the one but not the other, I guess, mm. is the quickest way to say what it's taken me a long time to say. Mm. Do, you think so, it's, do you think it might be the beginning of the end of Twitter? No. Um, I think what it will be, I think, I don't think it will. I think it'll be the beginning, it's the end of what Twitter was. Right. And yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's the beginning now of people going into the different echo chambers. So I've, I've, on Twitter, all I've seen is, you know, this different different sites that are going to kind of fit the bit, fit the bill or kind of replace it, like Parler. And, and there's one called Gab, which is a website. I don't know if you've seen that. Um, mm. But my Twitter feed's full of stuff like Gab or Go to Gab. It's the same as Twitter, but for like right wingers or whatever. And I just think it's dangerous territory that because even if you set up a platform and think, oh, it's all for free speech, if 
half the population flood to that and live in an echo chamber where they only hear the things they agree with and then the other half stay on Twitter and the same happens. Um, it's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Yeah. What, what about you, Ben? Do you think Twitter did the right thing in, uh, in banning the Donald? Similar to you, um, uh, pro- probably. Okay. Um, at this at the stage and I think how his unpredictable character could quite easily have led to more to an escalation of that um, over the next few days I think um, it's probably a good call but like I said it's now going to be difficult to keep on top of these sort of things um, mm. I mean it's incitement to violence is is it's very um it's hard to to define without being too subjective isn't it um mm. i mean i remember i saw a, an an old article i remember when um it was obama in 2014 2016 um when 10 10 policemen were murdered ex- execution style oh yeah that by um uh by three black guys who were motivated by the the narrative of police systemic racism, yeah. Um, and many people saw that Obama standing up against that, and many people saw that as him inciting that violence towards policemen. Yeah. Um, which I don't think it was, but it was e- easy for some people to see it that way. So you're going to end up in a very difficult situation where if you lean towards a belief or hold a belief that is similar to someone who has caused violence and you've spoken out with that belief how do you it's going to become very easy to suggest that that has incited that violence yeah it's a slippery slope isn't it because the underlying and and it's an impossible question but the underlying question is how responsible are you for the actions of other people from what you've said and Mm. i think you do bear responsibility if you explicitly say things that encourage people to commit or perpetrate violence but specific acts of violence would you say I think so, but yeah. that's the difficulty is it, it's it's difficult to determine it anyway in conversation, mm. but then if it's inconsistently responded to, then it makes it even harder. And I mean, like last year in, in one of the riots, um, there was a man, I think it was all caught on video. Um, it's def- I've heard the audio, but he's kind of um, outed as a Trump supporter and someone says, oh, we've got a Trumper. And then... I, he um, he's he's killed and then soon after people say oh you know i don't care if a fascist was killed and you think this is very very dangerous stuff to be dabbling in kind of you know setting people up into different groups um and then kind of seeing what happens and then only kind of responding to the incitement of violence as far as i can tell from one side i mean i wish it was i mean what i find a bit odd is it kind of feels to me like it should be quite a unifying moment in some ways mm. in terms of like a lot of this capital riot stuff seems to be from this idea that the, the election was stolen and it's kind of, it's all untrue and people yeah. are kind of believe in lies and dishonesty and then they've got angry, gone to the capital and caused violence. Whereas I would wager that most people who are in that riot feel that a lot of the Black Lives Matter protests are based on dishonesty about policing in America, like mm. along racial lines. So it feels like both camps, sadly, are doing the accusing the others of the exact same thing they seem to be doing themselves to an extent um, and then blaming the violence that comes on the other people and it seems the discussions turned into twitter amazon and google shutting down speech which it seems 
pretty hard to deny that they are to an extent um rather than how do we what rule what are the rules we're going to play by i guess what where are the how do we define these terms because that's what we need to do um i mean i parlor's a really good example of this because amazon i think what's parlor what's parlor do oh sorry ben that's a good question parlor is it was it's i heard about it a few months ago but it, it was set up and kind of advertised as the alternative to twitter so more free speech is the idea i think less censorship um you're not going to get your account seemingly shut down because people are upset with what you've said um which in theory you know sounds great but it also seems to be because of that the home of like actual well not the home as in everyone on there but it seems to be a place where you know actual racists and people who are saying things that you know are you know clearly untrue and unfair Mm. um, and immoral um are more likely to pitch up um which is a little bit of a different discussion but that was the idea and over the last 24 hours, they've had all their servers shut down. I think it's by Amazon. I think Amazon yes, they were yeah. using. It is okay. Um, but the basis being that people were on there, racists were on there inciting violence through the app. But I think the difficulty is, is I've seen you know plenty of things on Twitter. I mean, it was trending, ironically enough, on Twitter, you know, Hang Pence the other day. So Twitter aren't responsible for people tweeting that but Twitter are not having kind of their servers shut down for failure to stop the incitement mm. of violence, whereas Parler, who are a much smaller company, obviously, are. And I think that yeah. that's where it gets very messy, isn't it? Yeah. Similar with Facebook groups that um, organised riots throughout the year that ended up with violence. Facebook aren't, you know, we don't shut Facebook down because the groups are, are there. Yeah, very yeah. selective. Tricky. But I think... One thing that the, the, the where it's going, which is one of the things that worries me, I guess, is if you you know you call Donald Trump a Nazi and he's a nasty racist and and all the rest of it, and you can think those things and all the rest fine, but if you then shut down the usual forms through which people communicate, like Twitter, and you put them all into and they all search for a different or people search for a different alternative, where people who are actually racist are how are you then going to kind of sort out who is worth listening to and who is, you know, off it? Like it's, yeah. it's a recipe for disaster really, but yeah. And then there's an argument I've heard about uh, Twitter being used a bit or big tech being seen more as a utility rather than private companies um, in an attempt to be able to regulate all of it together. Like, um, I don't know, I was thinking about trying to liken it to phone companies in that we all have a phone, we Mm. all pay um, our bills in order to talk and communicate with people. I mean, we could be saying whatever we want. Um, So there's an argument from the, for places like Twitter to be seen like that in that um, what they make public. It's different, isn't it? Because you're making what you say public. Yeah, I think it is. It's, it's that discussion, isn't it? About are you a platform? Are you a publisher? I, I mean, yeah. I've seen kind of that argument put yeah. across on. Um, I think it's the Daily Wire. If you're deciding what people are allowed to hear or not, that comes with a, a different element of responsibility. Then, I mean, the interesting thing with with so much of it really is, if people are saying things that are wrong or immoral, the best way to fight it is to kind of stand up for what is true and show why it's wrong and if you start saying well people can't be allowed to hear it 
well, based on what? Misinformation, decided? Dean. Misinformation. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So, mis- so who's, who's, who's decided that it is? And, and how do you know? How consistently do you apply the rule? Because that's the thing, isn't it? If, if you're going to, like which Twitter seems to be now, say this group of, or this information is too dangerous to be allowed to be shared with others, that is pretty dicey territory um, in terms of how people are going to find out about what's going on around them and make their decisions about their life. Mm. I fly, that's one of my things at the moment, Dean, the word misinformation has become what you use when you don't agree with someone. If someone says something you don't agree with, you say it's misinformation so that other people ignore it. That's how it, conversation works now. I, I think you're honest. It's kind of like the word bigot in a way, isn't it? Oh, yes. Like, how it's used. Uh, it is, even if you um, can, I'm being booted. You, you can only are. use the word, can't you, if you're willing to change your opinion about that person being a bigot. But, but what if they just are, Ben? What if they are a bigot spreading ben, misinformation? Oh, no, that's you as well. <laughs> uh, uh. Well, that's this conversation. Cool, we've rambled on, haven't we? Oh, as uh, always. Great. Oh, I feel better already. Well, that, um, yeah, the, the only other thing that um, was interesting in terms of kind of, and it is linked, for, so it's not worth talking about it for too long, but in terms of the news, and it's in the sports world especially, there's been a few stories this week of sports people saying naughty things. Naughty? But the naughty things it's been difficult to find out what the naughty thing is. So Edison Cavani, who plays for uh, Manchester United, has been banned for making, I think, a racial slur. Um, I think it was on Instagram. And I've tried to find, looked through so many articles, and I couldn't find what it was he'd actually said. Um, and I think there was one today about a golfer. You're right, Dean. Justin Thomas, a golfer, uh, made a bad putt, didn't make the putt, and um, he shouted a homophobic slur at the ball. Um, and whatever you make of that whatever but you couldn't find what he'd said to the ball um in any of the articles anywhere they, they didn't say the word um maybe for obvious reasons but also I, i've not learned what word it is I'm, i i can't say for example um mm. and it was it was interesting obviously words matter but that word we weren't allowed to say anyone it was just wrong and he's apologized profusely and said he's a bad man and he needs to change that's good. Well, I'm glad he did. Because this is the, that's sometimes I think oh, I've got a dreadful habit of making mountains out of molehills, and I think is this really a big issue? Like they're probably not recall reporting it because it's like a swear word. Fair enough. But then when you kind of think about it a little bit more, you do just think the, the the I guess the assumption is he said something that's really bad, guys. We can't tell you what it is, but trust us, it's really bad. So how are we going to know kind of what it is that he said? So that if someone said it around me, for example. Um, do, do we kind of, is there any discussion of why it's bad and why it needs to kind of be stopped? Or is it just, he's a bad thing, apologise, and no one knows what was said. Like, it's, how do you actually fight stuff if you don't know, how do you fight the bad stuff if you don't know what the bad stuff necessarily is? Um, and, and, and the people putting the articles out just tell you yeah. without telling you. So. And these apologies that, that celebrities, sports people have to make very quickly and profusely in order to save their careers um yeah. because yeah if, i think if he just said sorry i don't think that would have been enough and if, yeah. he, if he hadn't referred to it then well that's it you're not going to play again and you're in your, yeah yeah but so words, yes, it, it yes. Is hard. words do matter so yeah. words do matter do matter um why don't you introduce the last section dean so the last section is 
having talked about quite a bit of stuff already, so stuff that we've changed our mind on, stuff that's happening in the world around us, instead of just rambling and moaning about, you know, calling out the, the wamblings and going wah, wah, like how would we like to see things change? So stuff I would like to change if I could. Now, um, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase it because I don't think the government or the law is the best way to fix or solve things, but maybe it's the easiest way to frame a question sometimes. If So I'll ask you, Ben, if there was something you could change, either through a law that would definitely be followed or through a cultural change maybe, that you could introduce now without qualification, you don't need to kind of preface it and say, oh, um, this wouldn't happen or it's unrealistic for this reason or that reason. Yeah. What would you like to change um, and why? Over to you. Well, why, um, should we link with what we just spoke about with the word misinformation? Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe um, whenever you say that word, it has to be followed by a because. So you're not allowed to say that's misinformation. You have to say that's misinformation <laughs> okay. because, and then you have to explain why you've come to your point of view and why you think the other point of view is not true. Yeah. So your plan is to put people off using the word misinformation by making them bore everyone to tears <laughs> with more speed. <laughs> no, so so it's misinformation because, and then you have to provide information yeah. to yeah. show why. Yeah. Okay, that's because, a good rule. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, yes, I don't think I'd agree with that rule in, in reality, but it would solve a lot of problems. It's a, yeah, it, it's a weird word. Like, I find it very weird. Like, well, I, checked, the, the I Googled it to make sure it was actually a word. <laughs> I was convinced that it's a new word that we've made up to, because you, you can't have the, op, that was saying it's like the opposite of information, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and it doesn't seem to make sense. I looked at where is it in the uh, dictionary. It says, so wrong information or the fact that people are misinformed, which I thought were two quite different things. If you're misinformed by something, then that's misinformation. But you could be informed correctly by something and learn something new, but then share it incorrectly. And you've now become the misinformer. <laughs> so I've yeah. right. And then what's, there's got a second one, information intended to deceive, which is very different. Now, that is very different. Because that would be most of the media, in my opinion, with a lot of um, the messages they give out and the, the articles they write is intended to lead you down a certain avenue. Now, that's... So, the first one, sorry, Ben, was misinformation is... Is information wrong. information. Wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I can, that's... Okay. That yeah. seems to be... What, but misinformation in terms... The other way is information that's intended to deceive. Yeah. Wow, that's a, uh, that is, um, yeah, they're very different things. Different It'd be interesting. I know, because I noticed this week the BBC have a specialist misinformation reporter. I wonder which <laughs> type of misinformation they mean. Uh, that's a good one, Ben. You've, and you've given that one some thought, clearly. You've even looked up the definitions. So uh, mine's going to be a little bit embarrassing On now. On a walk. Yeah, one of the few that's recreation activities at the moment. I hope you, you left from your house and returned to your house. I didn't breathe on the way either, so. That's even better. Good, good, good. Um, we didn't even, we've not even talked about, um, you know, everything that's going on at the moment, <laughs> the whole situation, but let's not. So um, my, my, the change I would make, if I could make any change right now, and I'm going to go for a law because um, it is a law that I would like to change, um, I would revoke the TV licence. 
and I would do it with immediate effect. I'd say I'd send a memo. If I got into number 10 tomorrow, I'd send a memo to the BC and say, sorry, guys, we're going subscription only. And I would get rid of it in a, in a heartbeat. And not necessarily because it's the worst thing ever. And it's kind of the worst law on our books. But in terms of kind of the culture, I think revoking it would encourage. I think it would be a helpful culture to kind of pursue. Kind of, you know, if you want to use a service, pay, especially in terms of a, a service that provides you know, strictly come dancing and, and, you know, entertainment. If you want to use it, pay for it. And if you don't, fine. Don't use it and don't pay for it. I just find it, it blows my mind, you know, that we have to pay the BBC to watch Channel 4. If I was paying for Sky and I wanted to watch the Arsenal play, I mean, I don't know why I would want to do that at the moment, but if I was paying for Sky and I wanted to watch, why do I have to pay you for the right to watch a service someone else is providing? So I think that that would be a nice place to start, I think. Slow, slow, you know, small principle changes. If you want to use something, generally speaking, you should you should pay for it. Makes it better too, but right. that's a different discussion. Okay, there we go. Two ways yeah. that we're going to fix the world. Amen. Good, good job, we're Dean. And a woman. <laughs> well, that was uh, that was fun, Ben. I enjoyed that. There and we then... have it, Dean. The first ever episode of the stuff um, we're in. Exciting stuff. Um, Any other business? Uh, no, just just uh, probably um, uh, an expected thank you from my wife for not talking about all this nonsense to her later tonight. Course, so that's our right. outlet to um, to save our wives from. The incessant moaning. Amen. So, uh, there we are. Thank you, Ben. Dean, thank you. Take care. Next time, see you uh, with our guest, soon to be released. Oh, yes. Very exciting. Hasta luego. (laughs) Ciao, ciao. (laughs) 